Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And if you're a first timer, as always, we welcome you to the party. Robert, alongside co-host Stephen Kerr. And before we get to the Texans game, Stephen, I got to say, I'm, I'm kind of lucky to be talking to you today. <laughs> Uh-oh. You had one of those days, have you? Yeah, one of those weekends. Well, one thing I found out is I'm I'm not a NASCAR driver, and I, I don't particularly want to be one. I, I was uh, driving Friday night, and one of the last remnants, remnants of Imelda hit, and, the, and a thunderstorm uh, was happening, and I'm on 290, and my car all of a sudden, uh, the back end weaves, the front end weaves, you know immediately that you're uh, skidding or whatever. And, oh my. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, turn into a skid or whatever, but when it's going both ways, you don't know what to do. And then I just totally lost it. I totally lost it. And I basically uh, did a spin. I, I was probably, it was probably a 180 if I remember, which I don't know how well I remember, but ended up going across a couple of lanes uh, into the uh, railing on the uh, right lane, uh, managed not to hit anybody, which was a miracle, and managed to come out in one piece. Back's a little bit stiff. Car is uh, in not good shape at all. Uh, hopefully, uh, it will be drivable again. But uh, yeah, it was it was not fun. I do not like driving in those conditions. But you know, it was it was for work. I was headed to high school game. You know, I produced the high school sports show for Channel Eleven. So. You know, that's that's what you got to do. Well, we're certainly glad that you're OK. You know, the car can be replaced, but people cannot. And uh, it, it's just a scary thing. I mean, I lived in Houston. I've lived through a lot of flooding Had my uh, my grandparents have been stranded in it. My my mom was stranded in it once. And, you know, with with uh, storms like this, you know, that are just not just your typical heavy rain. I mean, this is a, a tropical storm slash depression that came in. And you guys took a, a lot of hit the other day with all that. So, yeah, it wasn't really that one. I mean, it was kind of that it that had sort of left. It was that that there was just Friday night. People were out, you know, around rush hour. You, we got hit by another quick thunderstorm, at least, you know, at least in the middle of the city. And it was one of those ones that, you know, I, I, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, oh, it's it's just about done. And I, I could see ahead and I, I was just about out of the rain as I was driving. And it's just one of those deals where I, I if I had been five minutes more down the road, it would have been over with. And as soon as I crashed, I was sitting there and the rain stopped and everything was fine. It had settled down. Uh, roads were still pretty wet, but you know, anyway, I, I just, uh, I I'm, I'm not feeling great, but you know, could be worse, I guess. And hopefully I'm, I'm praying for my car. They're going to do CPR and yeah. you know, I, I lost a, lost a bumper on one side and the side airbags deployed and, that kind of thing. And who, who knows how the front, the back end are looking, but uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, kind of feel like one of those uh, Texans players after a, a Texans game where you feel like you've, you've been in a car wreck. Well, now I know how that feels for sure. Well, I'll tell you what, after the, the effort that the defense put forth today, they, they probably feel like they've uh, been in a scrape of some sort uh, between the heat and just having to keep up with a veteran quarterback like Phillip Rivers they, they fought hard. I mean, I was really impressed with the way the defense played today. You know, they gave up 20 points, but they, they didn't – they gave up some chunks of yardage, but they really hung in there and they fought hard. And you could tell, especially in the second half, 
they were gassed, but they just kept fighting and kept fighting, made the plays that they had to. The Texans' offense looked a little disjointed, but they came through when they had to and got the win. And, Robert, before the game, the big question that I had was, who are the Texans? Are they the team who played well and lost to the Saints a couple weeks ago or the one who won ugly last week in Jacksonville? Well, today may have given us a clue that this team, while they may not be perfect, they aren't going to quit. They fight hard, and they beat a very difficult Los Angeles Chargers team. I'm really going to try hard to say L.A. or just say Chargers today, but they, they did it on the road. First time ever the Texans beat the Los Angeles Chargers. And yeah, it was a clutch effort in the fourth quarter, 27 to 20. The final a huge second half by both sides of the ball. Uh, you talked about the defense uh, a little bit with uh, the offense as well. But, you know, outscoring the Chargers 20 to three. Uh, Deshaun with three straight touchdown drives late in the third and early in the fourth. His final numbers very impressive. 25 of three for 330 or 25 of 34 for 351 yards, three touchdowns, a 135.8 passer rating. And really, to me, the story, Stephen, if, if you're watching Deshaun Watson in this game, the offensive line with a revamped look again, because Titus Howard moves to right tackle and Sharping gets his first start of the season at left guard, which we sort of precursored that earlier this week, proud to say. Uh, but yeah, they, they kept Deshaun clean most of the game. And the only time... The only times he really got hit, were, were, there was one miscommunication. Uh, once it was just, I think there was just a, a bad breakdown all the way around. But the only times he was under any sort of pressure beyond that was Deshaun holding on to the ball for a long, long time, which he, he's, he's just going to do. I don't think that changes ever. No, I think you're right. And I think the offensive line went above and beyond playing well today, considering all the tinkering that they've had to do really over the last few months, but but certainly for the start of this young season, the first three games, we've seen a different look on the offensive line or even a couple of different looks. And I honestly thought they played one of their best games that they played in a long time. Deshaun had adequate protection, and there were several, as you mentioned, there were several times, especially in the first half, my biggest concern with him is that I, I felt he just looked a little indecisive in trying to figure out what to do there were a lot of occasions when receivers weren't open and he, he just it, it looked like he just wasn't sure how to make the play. But in the second half, he certainly came through and he still had quite a bit of time to throw on most plays. Yeah, very indecisive in the first drive where I don't know what the hell he was thinking, but he just throws it into the ground, which was an obvious lateral. I mean, I don't I don't think you could even question that for a second. I'm sure they looked it over, but yeah, he threw the ball backwards I, I don't know what he was thinking that kind of stuff he's got to just he, he can't do you can't do that um so uh yeah Deshaun I I thought got a little bit of help from the offensive line um I also thought that the offensive line struggled running the ball Carlos Hyde with just 10 carries and 19 yards and he, he had been playing exceptional Duke Johnson only had a couple of carries for two yards but really I, I give a lot of credit to this Chargers defense because I just thought they did a nice job against the run. And maybe, you know, it looked like obvious running plays when the Texans did run. They they knew what to do. I don't know, but they they seemed to be ready for the Texans run game much more so than than the passing game. And, you know, the Chargers, they've had a lot of injuries, so you don't know how much that affected them overall. 
But the Texans, I, I thought, uh, you know, they did some nice things offensively once they got got it going a little bit. And, and we, we found out who Jordan Akins is. He, he shows up finally uh, the second year player with a huge game, a couple of touchdown catches. Yeah, that's right. Let me go back to one thing you said earlier. Is When was the last time that we said that the offensive line helped out Deshaun Watson? I don't remember. It, it's been so long, but they certainly did today. They, they helped him out. One of the keys before the game that I felt is that the Texans needed to establish the running game early. They clearly did not, but again, you know, they came through and made the plays that they needed to make. And it was interesting that the offensive line who has been so good with the run did have a little bit of problems with it today, but boy, they sure brought the pass protection. You can't complain too much about that. We got to get to the last drive because the Chargers last drive, huge for the Texans defense. Justin Reed was held in what looked like a wrestling move. I don't know if that was a suplex or something on, on the fourth down play. The broadcasters on the television made no reference to it, but you could see it in the replay as they were going to commercial. And then I rewatched it again. And sure enough, that that's what had happened. So that could have ended the drive. It, it appeared pretty obvious. And then, you know, Reed, of course, was in and out with injuries the whole game. Uh, he, he was about as beat up as, as I feel. And then and Tayshawn Gibson with a huge breakup in the end zone during that drive. And then Amenahu draws a holding penalty with his nice move. And, and the rookie is starting to show some stuff. Yeah, he certainly is. And you, you almost your heart almost stopped when he went down with that apparent knee injury. And you wondered if he would come back. And he did. He came back relatively early in the second half and still continued to make plays. And you knew that J.J. Watt was not going to get held down all day. He, especially even in that last drive, uh, J.J. was in on it. Now, the Texans had a little trouble stopping Allen. He had that 27-yard pass play on the drive. But, you know, J.J. Watt was in form. And a lot of the, you know, Menahue, as you mentioned. So uh, they, they, the pocket collapsed on Rivers. I know in one case where the receiver fell down. So the Texans had some great pressure on Rivers, especially on that final drive when they needed it. Yeah, if you go back to the third defensive possession, DJ Reader with a sack. And there was some great coverage by Lonnie Johnson in the end zone, which led to the Chargers field goal. But I want to highlight that because the third and the fourth possession uh, there were key plays on defense by DJ Reader, who had, I think, one of his best games rushing the quarterback. And then Lonnie Johnson, throughout this game, showed his potential. You really liked what you see you saw from Lonnie Johnson. Now, the second drive, I want to highlight that because that pretty much is the ball game for Jonathan Joseph in this one. Uh, he gave up the seven-yard touchdown, uh, Rivers to Keenan Allen. And I hate how far Jonathan Joseph played off Allen in that drive for the touchdown. And he's now doing this way too often. They were highlighting it during the broadcast, but, but I've noticed that too. He looked like an old scared cornerback. And, you know, it looks like in a lot of ways, we're starting to see the beginning of the end for Jonathan Joseph. Well, you know, to accent your point in the first half, it seemed that Rivers was trying to exploit the rookie, Lonnie Johnson, and picking on him quite a bit. And then in the second half, you may have noticed he switched a lot of that to Jonathan Joseph. So, you know, Rivers, of course, being a veteran quarterback, he's going to spot those weaknesses, and he's going to exploit them in any way he possibly can. And so he obviously saw something that what Jonathan Joseph was doing because he really picked on him a lot in the second half. 
Okay, so let's go to the fifth fifth drive. Uh, they they go down the field. The Chargers do seven play seventy seven yard drive, twelve yard touchdown pass. Rivers to Keenan Allen, second touchdown pass for uh, uh, Rivers, to, and a second catch for Keenan Allen. But the sixth drive, three and out. Whitney merciless, big play in the backfield on a tackle for loss. Seventh drive, Whitney merciless. We're starting to hear his name over and over again as the season continues to go. Merciless strip sack fumble. Zach Cunningham recovers. Cunningham having a good year quietly, but Whitney Merciless, it's it's growing louder and louder the kind of year he's having. That's right. I, I Before the game, I even said if, if Merciless got a sack today, that it would be the first time that he's ever gotten a sack in his first three games. Well, he got him a sack today. So it, it's good to see because, you know, we talked about a lot about this, Robert, during training camp of how important it is that Whitney Merciless have a great year. He's in a contract year. I get that. But apparently he's healthier than he was last year. And, you know, when we were talking about all that, we weren't sure what was going to happen with Jadevi and Clowney. And as it looked more and more that Clowney either was going to be late coming in or wasn't going to come in and might be traded, we kept saying Whitney Merciless has got to step up along with J.J. Watt. And the fact that J.J. is being double and even triple teamed leaves that opportunity. Well, that's great because Whitney is, is holding up his end of the bargain in the first three games of this season, all three games, he's come up big in some way. I gave Jordan Aikens some props just a little bit ago with the two touchdowns, but I do want to go through the offensive possessions. The second drive, the first drive we talked about, of course, Deshaun throws the ball backwards, and that was a fumble, and really one of only two touchdowns the Texans gave up, and one of those, you know, the defense didn't deserve because they were given terrible field position, but the second drive ends on a screen pass on third and two and the screen pass the setup was Jordan Aikens blocking and he whiffed on his guy which cost the Texans right there and and that was you know that that's something that Jordan Aikens has got to get better at but I I don't know why he was on the field in that particular circumstance because he's not a good blocking tight end that's not his specialty so that one's also on O'Brien uh, but if you go through the rest of the drives, third offensive possession, and this is key because I like to go through these offensive possessions because you only get, you know, maybe 10 a game, and that's what the Texans got this game. Uh, third drive, five plays, 75-yard drive, touchdown pass, uh, Deshaun to Darren Fells. All three touchdowns, or three of the four touchdowns were to tight ends, which is unusual for yep. the Texans. So that that's kind of interesting. Big play on the flea flicker to Kenny Stills, who continues to make... Uh, clutch catches and you can come back to that Steven if you want to so that makes it 10-7 uh, and then Deshaun misses uh, stills on a second three for about 30 yards right before the half uh, uh, and and so they got a punt near midfield that that was a potential play that Deshaun could have ma- made right there but he missed him then Deshaun distills with a long pass at the end of the half which sets up you know two seconds left sets up Fairbairn for a 56-yard field goal to end the half. He misses it. But for once, Stephen, I got to give Bill O'Brien credit. I didn't think he would have the guts to try to do anything with as little time left as they had on the clock. What was it, less than 20 seconds, something like that, when they got the ball back? Yeah, yeah. and then with their uh, one second to go is when they called timeout and then Fairbairn tried the field goal. So, no, I, I couldn't find any fault with the play calling on that aspect. I mean, a 56-yarder, it is still quite a distance, but – yeah, Kenny Stills, I mean, how big – I would say the, the Kenny Stills deal with Laramie Tunsil coming over, both in the same deal, 
It's almost like neck and neck as to who's making an impact on the Texans. Of course, Tunsil is making an impact, but Stills just continues to make play after play after play, and he just seems to bring that offense to life kind of the way we thought if he was healthy that Kiki QT would do. Yeah, and QT, I mean, I don't think we even called his name today. I don't know if he played. Not much. He was he played, but he wasn't really much of a factor today. Yeah, and then the second half, you look at the drives. It was Deshaun. Uh, he couldn't find anybody with a long time to throw on third down that first possession, so it was three and out. But after that, eight plays, 55 yards, six plays, 73 yards, seven plays, 82 yards. And then they couldn't get a, a first down on that last drive, which gave the Chargers a chance to tie the game, come back. And, of course, that Kaimi Fairbairn missed extra point. You were holding your breath the whole time because that could have been huge. However, you know, the Chargers, even uh, if Fairbairn makes the extra point, they would have still had a shot because if they scored a touchdown because they still would have had the two-point conversion attempt. So it, it wouldn't have necessarily been for sure on Fairbairn, but, you know, it makes it easier when – he misses that extra point. Well, you know, aside from Fairbairn and the missed extra point and then the missed 56-yarder, I thought the special teams played much better today. You know, the, the the Chargers' final drive, they started on their own 21-yard line, and part of that was great coverage, but a lot of that, too, was a great punt by Brian Anger. I thought the punting overall looked better today. He had several high punts that allowed the coverage to get downfield, and that 54-yarder was big because it set the Chargers at their 21 and uh, allowed the Texans defense to move in and stop them. Yeah, punting and punt coverage was better, much better. Anger had good hang time, no short punts, uh, virtually nothing on the returns. And you got to give DeAndre Carter. He had a big, big return that helped set up a, a Texans drive. Yes, he sure did. And it was one of the few kickoff returns I believe that's where the the Texans started at their 45 yard line, thanks to that big return. But uh, you know, most no, of the kickoff punt, punt return that was oh, a the punt, punt return. return. Yeah, that was a punt return. You're right. Uh, but as far as kickoff returns, there were hardly any by either team. There were mostly touchbacks going in. But yeah, the DeAndre Carter one that was a punt return. So that put the Texans in great field position at their 45. Yeah, there were two sacks. Uh, we talked about the offensive line, two sacks. Looking at them a couple different times. The first one looked like Tunsil and Sharping not communicating well which guy to take. It felt like there was some confusion. So that's why the the line looked a little porous. The second one looked a lot more on Tunsil. He kind of totally missed his guy. I mean, there was a couple different guys in the backfield, but the worst, the most egregious one was Tunsil just really missing the guy that, that he was supposed to block. And I don't know if he was expecting help. But Sharping had his hands full, so I don't know why he was expecting help. Uh, but overall, like I said, you know, you see a lot of things about this offensive line. Now that we're seeing the guys on the field that you were hoping to see uh, after the offseason, you wanted to see Sharping and Howard. You got two uh, picks in the first two rounds on the offensive line. Uh, Nick Martin and Zach Fulton are now playing the positions that you figured they would be playing before Everything started, of course, injuries in the preseason and et cetera, et cetera. You didn't see a lot of cohesion there. I still think that communication, it's going to take some time. You're, you're, it's just, it's inevitable. It's, it's going to take time. Well, let's hope that maybe if, they, if everybody can stay healthy, that this will be the alignment that you will see is Tunsil at left tackle and then Titus Howard at left guard. Of course, Nick Martin at center, where he's been. 
And then you have Max Sharping at uh, right tackle and then Zach Fulton at right guard. So if, if we could just maintain this week after week, then you know, as, as well as the line played today, hardly playing with that alignment, you think they could only get better and go nowhere but up from there. Yeah, I think you had like Sharping and Howard flip-flopped, but uh, yeah. Yeah, Howard was at right tackle. Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Yeah, and Sharping's at left guard. But Sharping's at left guard, yeah. Yeah, you got to keep your eyes open with the Texans because you never know what's <laughs> it going to happen. It is confusing. It's jumping around all over the place. It's confusing even me, but you're right. You look at the stats of this game, Kenny Stills, we mentioned him, four catches, 89 yards. He had the biggest game of the Texans receivers as far as yardage goes, but DeAndre Hopkins, six six catches, 67 yards. He had that big 34-yard uh, reception. Will Fuller, five catches, 51 yards. He had the big 30-yard reception. And Jordan Akins with three catches, 73 yards, and a 53-yarder that was huge, and that was Deshaun Watson buying time, getting out of a little bit of trash behind the line of scrimmage and, you know, making his way up in the pocket, but still looking downfield like a veteran and Aikens wiggled his way wide open. And then once he got open, he did the rest. I mean, it was a a good, good run after the catch, you know, didn't have to avoid anybody, but still it's good to see Aikens doing something because you spent a third round pick on him. And the Texans are very familiar with third round tight ends that, you know, haven't done a whole lot with Fedorowicz and uh, we're still waiting for the Kahele wearing experiment to start up. But I mean, it's, it's, it's starting to come together a little bit with some of these guys and you're seeing guys that weren't contributing early in the season by the third game, they're doing stuff, you know, Aikens and Darren Fells and uh, you know, Kenny Stills as he gets more comfortable and Deshaun gets more comfortable with him. So, I mean, it's good, and, and you've got depth because QT, I think he still could be a really good player, but, you know, you don't need him right now, right? Well, that's right. If, if Kenny Stills continues to make the plays, you're going to see more and more of him, and Kiki QT is probably going to have to fight for playing time because you you can't ignore the fact that when you put Stills out there, he just makes plays. And he did that today, he did that some last week, and certainly did that in the Saints game. Anything else in this one? Have I forgotten anything? You got anything in your notes? Well, you know, we mentioned Whitney Merciless and the game that he played today. There there was one, uh, I believe it was on a three and out that the Texans have where he stuffed Justin Jackson for a, a TFL on first down. And I, I just, you know, Roby had another one. A, a second, it was back-to-back TFLs on second down on Jackson. So the Texans did that uh, three and out, a big defensive stand. So I, I just I took away a lot of positives today, Robert, from both the offense and the defense. And this, I, you know, what, what the Texans need to do now moving forward, you know, they have some winnable games coming up here in the next couple, but they can't afford to play down to their opponents like they did against Jacksonville. They, they've got to keep maintaining that momentum and beat the teams they should beat and then come up with wins on the road, big ones like they did today. Deshaun, he, he's got to be consistently better because, you know, he gets away with an interception at one point, but th- he gets bailed out by a penalty. He throws another potential, you know, ball that could have been intercepted uh, around that time in the second half. Uh, he, he was playing with fire a lot. The other thing where he plays with fire is when you hold on to the ball as much as he d- does and you take as many shots, at some point you could get hurt. You know, there was a, a, a play where, he gets hit pretty hard after he throws the ball. He gets hit by one guy, and then another one comes in, 
and the the guy gets him in the head a little bit. And that's where you're concerned about, you know, that could have been a concussion right there. I saw like Mick Martin pointing at him or something like that. And I was like yeah. worried like, oh, no, Mick Martin, is he pointing at him because he thinks he needs to come out of the game because he's concussed or something? I, you know, that's the thing that Deshaun has got to get better at because I, you just he can't keep doing this stuff. You know, he can't. Well, and I was a little worried in the first half when he was looking so indecisive. You know, the thought honestly crossed my mind that, so has he been taking too many hits to the head? Is is he just is he slow in his reaction time just because he's not able to think clearly? I mean, it, it did cross my mind. But boy, in the second half, after that first drive, he really got it into gear, and I felt a lot better then. But yeah, you really need to play a, a more consistent game first half to second half, and it, it definitely worried me when the Texans came out in the third quarter and faltered on that first drive of the second half because they've tended to do that in the last couple of weeks. So uh, Deshaun definitely needs to get more consistent. The The running game definitely needs to get better than it was today, I think. But the Texans still did just well enough to win on all sides of the ball. They're 2-1. Uh, the, the Titans lost. So they're down to 1-2, if I remember right. And then the Colts, yeah, and are, the Colts won, too, Colts right? The Colts are 2-1. Yeah, the Colts are 2-1, and one, and uh, Jacksonville is 2-1. and one. So there's three-way tie at the top. Oh no, the Jags are because they lost to the Chiefs and the Texans. The Jags are one and two. Yeah, so they're one. That's right. They would be one and two. So yeah, it's the uh, Texans and the Colts at two and one. Right, and I mean, if you're the Texans, I mean, you gotta like where you're at after the first three games. It's a tough way to start the season, but it's it's not getting any easier. The schedule will continue to get harder. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in a couple of days. But before we close out, I mean, we got to talk about the fact the Astros. Stephen, they claim their third straight AL West title uh, on Sunday, and then you know they get a their fifteenth sellout at Minute Maid Park, which is a record for the Astros. Uh, Durker gets inducted into the Astros Media Wall of Honor, and I think both you and I have talked about how much we love Larry Durker as a broadcaster, not just as a player and, and a manager in the Astros organization. But you know, George Springer, three home runs. Uh, he he's Closing in on 40, they got four guys with 30 home runs now, and it just looks like it's starting to come together. You know, guys are coming back. The You see Brad Peacock and Kyle Ryan Presley this weekend. So it's it's starting to come together for them as, as the season gets one week away. Well, you know, it's a red-letter day when both the Texans win and the Astros clinch the AL West. Can't get too much better than that until we march toward the postseason and hope that the Astros can take it to that next level and uh, get through the postseason. But yeah, definitely an exciting weekend with uh, both the Texans winning and uh, the Astros sealing the AL West. Now all they have to do is seal home field advantage in the AL and maybe even all baseball. Lots of champagne uh, in the Astros locker room afterwards, of course. And it, it's uh, that's always a weird experience to to see that and to think that it's just it doesn't look like it's a whole lot of fun to be a journalist in the locker room covering that stuff unless that unless you can just uh, get an entire bit of rain gear around your entire body including your eyes and everything yeah make sure you wear the goggles that's that's what i would be thinking is like yeah i do not want that stuff in my eyes you could you could pour it all over the rest of my body but don't throw it in my face so <laughs> but hey it's all worth it in the end i guess well, that's all we got for this one. It's a happy Sunday. What can you say? Texans win 27-20. to Gutsy effort from them on the road against a Chargers team that 
you know, is always going to be there with Phillip Rivers, and they've got a really good defense. So, you know, it was an impressive win. Uh, they were three-point underdogs. They win by seven. And the Astros clinched the division for the third straight year and for the ninth time in their history. So lots of stuff to be smiling about at the end of a weekend in Houston sports. We'll, we'll be back with you in a couple of days. A lot more on the Astros, maybe a little bit of Texans news leading into uh, the next game, and we'll preview that. That's all we got. Thanks a lot, Stephen, and we'll talk to you later. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey.